What's happening, everybody? Welcome to the Recovering Hypocrite Podcast. I am, as always, your host and the chief recovering hypocrite on these parts, Noel Jesse Haken. And this is episode 44 of the podcast, and it is an unusual one. It's unusual in the sense that I have two guests on. And I've had two guests on before, but I'm not going to have them on at the same time. We're going to do like back-to-back conversations. And this is the reason why. A year ago, this is the backstory to the back-to-back conversations. A year ago, I got in the mail on the same week two children's books in the mail. Now, I don't normally get a lot of children's books in the mail, but these books were each written by a different pastor friend of mine. And I remember thinking at the time, how funny is it that two of my pastor friends have each chosen to write a children's book? And so then I put them on the stack of books that sits on the edge of my desk, books that I need to to get to. And then shortly thereafter, I had my accident where I broke both my arms. And if you don't know that story, that's on another podcast. Um, And so I completely forgot about these guys' books. Until later on, during my rehab, um, I'm just going through and reading all these old books, and I found both of their books. And again, so I read their books during uh, rehab, and then didn't remember again until last week when I was out uh, um, doing some Christmas decorating, I remembered these books books again. And I thought it would be fun to have both of these guys on for separate conversations about why they as pastors chose to write children's books and why it is so critical that we find ways of communicating the gospel in unique ways to children. And so I thought I'd just have them on back to back. So my first guest is going to be Ronnie Martin, um, who has written a Christmas book, and we'll get to him in a second. And then my second guest is going to be Pete Zakowski, who has not written a Christmas book, and I'm not even going to tell you what he has written yet. And so without further ado, let me jump over to my conversation that I've already recorded with my friend Ronnie Martin. All right, so my first guest today has the distinct honor of being the fastest repeat guest, Ronnie Martin. Ronnie, when were you on? It seems like a month oh, ago, man. right? Was it, I think it was, was it um, maybe two? Were we, are, were we into COVID yet? Oh my gosh, we have been in COVID for, for nine years, a, a century, <laughs> right? Yeah. I don't think I have an existence pre-COVID. Yeah. Actually, the whole the whole point of this podcast episode is pre-COVID because it was pre-COVID, pre my accident where I broke both my arms. Gotcha. I I got your book, and I wanted to talk to you about this book. So you wrote this kids book. Yes. It's called The Best Gift Ever Given, which is like like if someone said write a Christmas book, that's the title that the publisher would give you and say you had to use. But it's a 25-day journey through Advent for God's good gifts to God's great son. That is like the most gospel kids book title of all time. That was my title. That was Um, not a publisher title. So that came. Really? Absolutely. Yeah. Well, my I have not yet gotten a title through my publisher. Let me just say that. I think that's the first one for me. So there you go. Yeah. Okay. So, so you wrote this kid's book. First of all, tell us what the book is. Yeah. So it's just a, it's a, it's basically an Advent book for kids and parents to go through together, starting on December 1st, just the regular season of Advent ending on Christmas. It's kind of something that you can read in the morning at breakfast at night before you go to bed around the fire during Christmas time. Um, so it, it, it's, it's none of the, uh, none of the days, none of the chapters, quote unquote, are they're too, they're, none of them are too long or too laborious. So it's something you can do with your kids ages. I don't know, anywhere from four to 10, 
and uh, it'll it'll be something that creates a moment for you around the holidays, and you know, kind of really shines a light on on Christ. Now, the fact that you even mentioned sitting in front of the fire reading this book tells me you're got to be a big Christmas guy. Yeah, I mean, I, I love Christmas. I literally I start counting down on December 26th. I'm just waiting all year for Christmas. I'm not a summer guy. I'm in Ohio, so we don't have spring. So all of this stuff is just I'm just waiting, <laughs> waiting to tip the corner into September so that I can have a focus and I can have a lens now that allows me to see that Christmas is coming. I love it. Was it your love of Christmas that caused you to write this book? Like why? So this is what got me. Why does a Christian pastor decide to write a children's book? Like what catalyzed that? Was it just your love of Christmas or is there something else behind that that caused you want to write? It this? really was. I mean, it, you know, obviously I think it was rooted in my love of Christmas. Um, I was on a sabbatical in uh, 2018 and, you know, having all this time to kind of think and process and, um, and I've always wanted to write a Christmas book. And I got to thinking about something that I hadn't seen a lot of in the marketplace. And it was this, like an Advent book for kids and something that was a little more gospel centered and not so flowery. And I thought, hey, that might be a really good idea. And I had, you know, I come from the music industry. So I had some, I had some really good people that I could kind of tap for graphics. So I, so I got a hold of this guy that did some of my sleeves back in the day. And I said, hey, I don't know if you do this kind of art, but I, you know, I'm thinking, I have this idea. And he started sending me some samples, and which is what became you know, the art for the book. And the whole thing just came together so quickly, so easily. And before we knew it, you know, we had a publisher on board and we were just on our way. So yeah, it was a, it was a love of Christmas. And it was like, Hey, what what is out there, you know, in terms of having this this gospel-centered Advent resource for kids and parents? So growing up, did you have this kind of like uh sit down, read Christmas books with your parents kind of thing? Like Twas the Night Before Christmas? Like we would, my dad would read us Twas the Night Before Christmas every Christmas Eve. Yeah. That was the deal. And is that part of what's in your blood yeah, that was, stuff? yeah my parents read that that was part of our tradition christmas eve night was the night before christmas i don't know the christmas thing to me it carries so much nostalgia it carries it it's it's such a, a it's there's a familiarity attached to it to where when we get to this time of the year in this season um it's something that never changes for me it's that it's that feeling in the air it's all of the traditions that kind of come back and it's something unchanging for me. And I just, I, I just love it. It's hard to explain why I love it as much as I do, but I do. Well, I think in, in, in an era of COVID, like right now, we need this and oh, we need this yeah. even more in than ever because in fact, I've decorated my house. You and I have had an offline conversation yes. about this uh, over the last week. And my wife and I have decorated both the inside and outside our house. The only thing that's not up is the tree. That'll happen the day after Thanksgiving nice. because I think we need it. And I posted online, <laughs> we're doing this. We're posting this. And, and, and other people in my neighborhood said, okay, I'm in. And so I can't wait. I'm going to walk out one of these nights. I know there's at least three or four houses now. Right. There's got to be more, but I think we need that something like Christmas right now. Yeah. And I, you know, and it's funny because I'm, I'm really, I've been always kind of very stringent on when it needs to begin, which is the day after Thanksgiving for me and just kind of carry on through what, what is generally, you know, known as like, that is the season. 
but you know, like I told you, man, I, you know, you posted something about beginning Christmas story. I'm like, I will allow this to happen this one year. I mean, every, <laughs> like we need a little Christmas, that song, right? Like, I mean, so everybody dive in an early man. We've already been shopping. I mean, they're already playing all the music at, you know, in retail stores and people are putting up their lights like you have. I mean, people are even getting their trees up and I'm just like, you know what, bring it. Um, we can have a little extra Christmas this year for sure. It's funny, about a week ago, I saw Mariah Carey post something online that says, hey, everybody, get your Christmas music playing. And I thought, I know why she wants this, because she makes so much friggin' money off of Christmas every year. Like, she's like, come on, bring on the streams. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And that's the thing, even just about your book here, it is uh, being a Christmas book. The idea is you read it every day in December leading up to Christmas. And what I love about your book is it triggers gospel conversations with little kids. And it, it's that old cliche, keeping Christ in Christmas. But it is reminding them that there's something more than the Christmas lights and Santa Claus and the and, you know, all the Christmas specials, which are all things I love. I love all those things. Um, but it's such a great reminder. And, and so I'm just prayerful and hopeful that people will read this and that there'll be little gospel conversions during the season here as little kids come to Christ during the Christmas season because of your book. Oh, that's kind, man. Thanks. Yeah. I, I appreciate that. I, I think it was, it really, it kind of go. it starts in, it starts in Genesis and it kind of gives you sort of a, it, it kind of takes you through the Bible too. So it's, it's talking a lot about creation and then all these different Bible characters. And so it really does give you sort of a, uh, you know, saying it gives you a full picture of scripture might be too generous, but it does kind of give you a full picture or at least a broad picture of, of the Bible and scripture and how everything really funnels down into Christ. And uh, it's hopeful and it really, it does give kids something to sort of to chew on and to think about every, every one of the chapters ends with some questions to, uh, to ponder and to talk through. And then it ends with a prayer so it, it definitely is something that is good for parents and kids to come together on. So how old are your kids? So, okay. So I just have one. I have an old kid because I'm old. Um, I have a 25-year-old daughter who lives and works in Denver. So we became kind of Guinness Book of World Records youngest empty nesters of all time because we started <laughs> really young when we started. And we had uh, Beth, our daughter, pretty quick. And, uh, and she was, I mean, she was out of the house basically upon graduation of high school. So we were, um, yeah, we were, we were a little, man, you may have, you may beat us. We, we think that, uh, so we have four kids. Our youngest will turn 18 when we are still in our forties. Oh man. So does, does your daughter think your book is any good? Well, that's, I, you know, I don't even know if she knows I put it out, you know, it's, <laughs> <I don't> even, <laughs> it exists, right. I mean, she's kind of doing her own thing right now. So, you know, the old man putting out an advent book for kids is not really high on her curiosity. So you don't like call her every day and say, okay, honey, we're, we're going to read the chapter today. Yeah, <laughs> starting no, it's, on it's, December not, it's not quite happening with, with my daughter. <laughs> no. Um, but she, uh, she appreciates, I think she really appreciates the artist. She's an artist, so she really appreciates kind of the, the artistic aspect of it. And that's really a big part of the book are the illustrations, which were done by a friend of mine named Nathan. Which are gorgeous, by the way. They really yeah, are like cool. these mid-century kind of images. And that was really, that's the main thrust of the book in a lot of ways, because it's immediately what you see. And it has a lot to do with sort of the feel, 
the sort of the emotional, you know, sort of content of the book for sure. It's wild that you mentioned your daughter's an artist. My daughter, who will be 24 in December, okay. is an artist and just, uh, just, this is her second year putting out a line of Christmas cards. Oh. So she has the love of Christmas and art again. So oh, there you go. There's that. a little bit of small world connection there. So she's, uh, yeah, she's just put those out this last week. Uh, she finally, she's getting into Christmas early, just like Absolutely. the rest of us should She's be. a Noel. Yeah. That, <laughs> she, she almost was a Noel. True story. <laughs> the week we, my wife and I really like the name Noel spelled N-O-E-L-L-E for a girl. Right. And we considered it. And one of the main reasons we decided not to do it is we couldn't fathom having someone call our house oh. because we didn't have cell phones, the, the, the landline, and ask for Noel and for us always to have to say, who are you calling for, Noel or Noel? Yeah. Um, and we thought that was going to be a pain forever. And then by the time it even mattered, everybody had cell phones and it didn't matter. So she could have been she a Noel been and she probably would have been Did a great she end Noel, up as she would have loved it. Instead, She's Emma. He ended up as an Emma. Well, Emma is solid. Yeah. It's classic. Yeah. So she was either going to be Emma or Ella. And we decided that we would decide at the hospital when we looked at her. And when we looked at her, we're like, ah, this I one's mean, an Emma. He stayed on sort of a Jane Austen tip with the whole thing. There you go. <laughs> and she's our only daughter. So she got the, she she got to have the girl name. Well, thanks, Ronnie. I appreciate you jumping on you, and just talking about your book. And we are going to now jump into having our second conversation with another pastor author. I'm going to jump on here to talk with Pete Zilkowski about a book with a very similar theme to Ronnie's book. It's called Fart Dad, The Case of the Toynado. Alrighty, so Pete Zakowski, I have already warned everybody that we're talking about a book called Fart Dad. But first, I want to tell people who you are. Pete Zakowski is pastor at Imago Day Church in Milwaukee. And this is the second book that I received in the mail, like the same week. And it couldn't have been more different than the first book. So, Pete, thank you hey, so much thanks, for jumping Noah. on. I really appreciate you having me on. So, <laughs> Fart Dad, that's that, like, 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 first of all, before we even get into the topic of the yeah. book, because that's interesting enough, why, as a pastor, did you decide to write a children's yeah. book? Yeah, well, you know, that's that's one of the, the interesting things. I think that this is part of God's plan to, um, I would say, uh, humble me, not maybe maybe even humiliate. But, you know, I, I enjoy writing, and it's something that I've always wanted <laughs> to do. And so then the first book, and maybe the last book I'll ever publish, is about a true-ish story <laughs> that revolves around some of the issues in my family. So, so wait, 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 wait. So the issues in your family are flat. That's one of them. That's what you're saying. <laughs> <laughs> so, walk, so walk us through, again, the book. So the idea of Fart Dad, it's written for what? Uh, like like seven to ten? Like Kind of that you know, late elementary. The, the, the age that really loves exactly. talking about farts, yep. right? Okay. So, and again, this is autobiographical. So what's the idea behind it? Like, give us in a nutshell, I, we don't want to spoil the book, but it gives a nutshell, the thesis yeah, in of In a nutshell, book. I would say that um, God wants us to enjoy all of life together by taking a look at what other people are interested in and not just in ourselves. And so you, you said, in a sense, it's autobiographical. So really, 
this just kind of the themes in this come out of experience with your family. Talk about that a little bit. What the, what kind of how that evolved? Yeah, so um, we started just writing it for fun. I had no intention of doing anything with it. I was just <clears throat> telling goofy stories with my kids and they were telling me goofy stories. And we're just this thing just kind of got more elaborate and embellished. And the next thing I know, like I'm writing an outline with chapter points and then I've got like 10, 12 chapters. I'm thinking, shoot, we might have something here. Um, and I mean, so we, we started putting the thing together uh, for, for a few different reasons. One of them was, um, like my kids love the, uh, Captain Underpants and Teen Titans and all these like, body humor kinds right, of things. Right, right. And I do too. And so, but you watch these shows and they're, you know, it's fine, but they're like, there's no moral message. <laughs> it tends to be pretty like, uh, disrespectful towards authorities in particular, uh, teachers tend to be doofuses. Parents tend to be, you know, oblivious. And so we wanted to kind of use that genre of humor in a way that would, uh, you know, uh, reflect the values that God has while still being um, not super, uh, you know, I don't know, just cheesy or whatever. Because that's another thing with this. Like you look at this age group for like children's books. And if you just Google uh, or go on Amazon and look up like children's humor books, like there is nothing Christian there that my kids are interested in. It's just uh, like hmm. kids love this stuff, but there is a massive, it's just a desert. There's nothing there. Well, it's interesting. My, my kids and I have often talked about for like, and, and my kids are almost all uh, adults and older. Um, but as they were growing up, we would always talk about the fact that the common theme in Disney movies is parents are wrong and they try to restrict the kids from the thing that the kid wants to do and eventually by the end of the story the parent repents and apologizes to the kid for being wrong and now they are unified and they come together i mean that's that that's part of the narrative of our culture and your book takes a completely different direction i don't want to spoil it but it takes a completely different tack right, on that whole right, concept yeah so there there's uh there's some some twists and some turns in there um and yeah just really wanted to navigate everyday life kinds of issues from cleaning up to going to school to having meals together um all that kind of stuff and then how can that be done in such a way that is goofy you know, we'll make people laugh, but then we'll also talk about, um, I mean, really the gospel. Let's talk about parenting for a second, because the whole, what you're talking about, keeps circling back to the yep. idea of parenting. How does storytelling and goofiness, how can that play a gospel role in parenting oh, with your kids? I think it's critical, because, I mean, how, if we believe as, as Christians that one of the key aspects to sound faith is reading the Bible, um, and we don't put material in our kids' hands that helps them want to read, I think that that's going to make things more difficult. And so then, too, being able to put a goofy story together that deals with everyday life issues, then hopefully, and I, and I really did, we geared this towards, it's hopefully it's applicable to everybody, but we geared it towards dads and boys. Because I don't know how many dads and boys, you know, eight, nine-year-old boys are sitting and reading stories together <clears throat> on a regular basis. But I think that's such a key way where, um, you know, if you can uh, laugh at yourself a little bit and then talk about things that matter too, and how all of that points to who God is and what he's done for us and how we can respond, 
then I think that really hopefully will allow uh, families, families in general, but dads and sons in particular, to engage in conversations that might be difficult to have otherwise. You know, I think for a lot of uh, parents, a lot of biblical literacy with their children can come through finding some of these fascinating, Mm -hmm. goofy, crazy stories in the Bible. In fact, I remember one of my co-pastors talking about the fact that when his sons were little and they were kind of transitioning into that almost prepubescent age, he started taking them to some of the crazy, dark, military-type stories in Scripture, you know. So he started getting into, I mean, at first when they were little, he would talk about, you know, mocking the bald man as he's going up the mountain, right, and calling down the bears. And then the whole, the the, the knife disappeared yeah. in the fat of the, the, you know, the king. You know, so you start, and then he started moving into sure. military stories and and found that was a great way of doing yeah, discipleship right. with his kids is by showing there this is real good literature of its own value but it, mm-hmm. it it is also truth and and so he did this with his kids and i've always remembered that that like so his kids grew up loving those yeah. old testament stories yeah yeah that's great yeah and i think that that's a that's a that's a critical point to all of it you know and along those lines where like one of the things that we did in the book here is you know kids right i mean superheroes are big maybe uh you know, Avengers and all that kind of stuff. Although uh, you'll find if you pick up this book, you'll see my DC bent as well as my Wisconsin bent in there. Which, which let's just be honest, the DC universe is the better <laughs> well, universe. I agree. Um, even though, well, even though the Marvel movies have yeah. as a, a genre yep. been better. I am a DC guy to the max. Yeah, so, I'm, yeah, there I'm you go. That. I'd say the same thing. DC's got the better characters, stories, all that kind of stuff. But for whatever reason, Marvel captured the uh, the theater. They really, really did. So let's talk about this. This is really important. That's what gospel <laughs> conversation. Are you excited about Zack oh, Snyder's I, I remix? Uh, of, I am. Of Justice yeah, League? I, I, yeah, I'm. Uh, I will uh, get the free trial for HBO Max when it comes out. <laughs> What, exactly. That's I, I told my wife, I said, we're going to have to Come subscribe on. to HBO Max. And she goes, why? I said, because I need to watch four yeah. hours of Justice League. She's like, she's like four hours. I'm like, yes, we're going to subscribe to this so I can watch four hours back to back. This is good pastoring, you know. It is. It is. It's it's good stewardship. It's, it's you know, leading my family well. It's all of those things. So, obviously, Fart Dad is a superhero right. story, you know. In, yeah, in exactly. And so the, the superpowers uh, that Fart Dad, I mean, it's kind of given away in the title. Uh, you know, he's got, the, he's got super <laughs> fart powers, which uh, enable him to fart fly. And uh, we just had a lot of fun with it. You know, uh, I, I'm a child of the 80s, so I got some uh, training scenes in there that might remind some folks of the Rocky training scenes. But instead of, you know, carrying logs through the, uh, the snow in Russia, um, you're eating cheese curds. and <laughs> There's nothing more Wisconsin <laughs> exactly. than that. So did your children operate as uh, editors? on this, this masterpiece as well? Or like, how involved were they in the process once you oh, started they were really completely writing? completely involved. And so I, the, the whole outline of the story was put together with them. They did all of the illustrations, but one. There is one in there that I did, but you won't be able to tell which one it is because I've got the artist gifting of a child. Um, <laughs> so yeah, they, they, they put the whole story together. And then um, I would like, I'd go through chapter by chapter and just see, okay, 
I'd like, I'd just sit down and, and this was another thing that was so helpful just as a parent. So writing about like, say I got a, a, a section in there of a, a regular school day. And so I would just ask them, what's it, what's the, what's it like at school? What are three things that annoy you? What are three things that are great? And I would just engage with them on those things. And then when they would say, uh, when they would tell some of the things that were um, challenging for them at school, I would just embellish it, <laughs> you know, blow it up 10 degrees. Well, you know, uh, Eugene Peterson's wife uh, famously was asked what parenting advice she would mm -hmm. give to any parents. And, and she said, there's only one thing, have family dinners together and talk about your day. And, and she said, I don't care whether families do family devotions or worship nights or what their discipline strategies are. She goes, I don't care about any of that. Mm. It's family dinners. And I can say, you know, as a parent of a 17, 20, yeah. 22, you know, 22, 24 year old, family dinners was mm. our key discipleship tool. Even last night we had a dinner and we had a rousing conversation about what is euthanasia and end of life and um, compassionate end of life care look like. So yeah. now that my kids are adults, it's moved to there, but we started by yeah. talking about our day and every day, everybody in the, everybody at the table could talk for however long they wanted about their day. And if some of them didn't want to talk, we would sure. just prompt it a little bit. And now we don't yeah, even have to so do that great. anymore. You know, after 20 some years of doing that, every night we have dinner together and every night we talk about our day. And, uh, you know, so I think that uh, what you're doing with this book is you're you're priming the yeah. pump of those conversations. You're modeling yeah. in the book that you actually care about yeah. your kid's day. Um, and that's the advantage to parents yeah. reading your book in yeah. addition to kids right. reading your book. They get for to sure. Yeah. Cause we do, we want like, yeah, we hope that it's helpful for, for everyone who would pick it up. Um, but yeah, I think that's exactly it there. We want to, I mean, really want to strengthen families, want to give families some way to have some good quality time together. That's disarming and doesn't, doesn't have to involve screens. All right. So first of all, where can everybody find this book? I'm assuming Amazon, anywhere yeah, else they should be looking for The best thing that it? you could do would be to go to fartdad.com. Well, clearly. And you're going to want to bookmark that on your browsers as well. Yeah, but so, um, yeah. Uh, once you go there, yeah, it's at Amazon, Walmart, Target, Barnes & Noble, all those kinds of places. That's awesome. So what we're going to do is we're going to wrap up today uh, with you telling us in this COVID season, and especially as a dad, we're all kind of sitting around twiddling our thumbs trying to figure out what to do with extra time when we're at home. But we're all binging yep. on something. Is there anything that you've been binging on that is so good? You need like it could be a book, it could be or a series of books, it could be movies, it could be TV, it could be something that's just take. What are you binging on that we need to know about? Uh, Madden, you know, I, I enjoy playing Madden. Do you um, play with your kids? They, they they will watch sometimes. <laughs> but here's the interesting thing. I, I play with the Packers because I have to because I'm a Christian. And um, when I'm <laughs> when I watch the games, then with, with my kids on Sundays too, like they'll so sometimes the Packers will run the same plays that I'll run on Madden. And be like, Dad, that's your touchdown play. I'm like, yeah, you can't stop it. <laughs> that's great. Now, how old are your kids, Pete? Um, let's see. Uh, my Elijah, our son, is 12, and then we have twin girls, Ani and Jojo, and they are nine. That's awesome. Well, thank you so much for jumping on. I do want to encourage you yes, to get sir. a copy. 
of Pete's book, uh, get a copy of Ronnie's book. Uh, these would be two great books. One is a great book for you to go through with your kids um, during the Advent season. The other might be a great surprise present to throw under the tree so your kids can read about farts as we roll, at the, which is almost the best way to end 2020. So you're going to want to give your kids that book. So thank you so much, Pete, for jumping on with me. Yeah, thank you. No, I really appreciate the time and the opportunity. Thank you.